Today we're in our series on the fruits of the Spirit. Uh, we're also in Advent. So we are a week away from Christmas Eve and we are celebrating together. It's a really wonderful and beautiful season. Uh, and I'm thankful that we get to do this all together, but we also get to, there's a lot of people around us who are celebrating the Christmas season. What a joy. Today, I get to speak about just that, joy. What is joy? And what it implies in our lives, how people desire joy, but also the difference between the joy that we can get in other things and the joy that we get in the Lord. I'm going to start this with just a kid's song, and if you know it, you should sing it with me. This uh, is kind of the heart of it all. All right, you ready? It's, it's, this is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day, this is the day the Lord has made. Ready? One, two, ready, and this is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. We will rejoice, we will rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. Woo! If you take nothing else away, hopefully that sticks with you. Hopefully it sits deep in you. If you're able to wake up in the morning and that song is echoing in your mind, then I've done my job today because today is the day that the Lord has made. Today is the day that the Lord has made, and we will do what? Rejoice and be glad in it. Rejoice and be glad in it. As I was reflecting on joy this week, there's a number of things that came to mind. And we're going to be bouncing all over Scripture as we look at joy today. But at the core, we've talked a lot about the challenges of life, the certainty of suffering, and the things that we walk through day to day oftentimes. And so as I thought about joy, as I thought about the joy that we have in the Lord, I thought of a stronghold. I thought of a stronghold. Maybe that word doesn't resonate with you the way it resonates with me. Maybe this word, refuge. Sanctuary. We use this word a lot in our culture, safe space. There is no other truly safe space than the joy that we have in the Lord. As we've been walking through this Advent season and talking about a lot of words and describing a lot of words, the reality is that we all have perceptions in our mind 
in our minds and feelings about words like joy or pleasure, happiness, delight, satisfaction. All of these affectional or emotional terms have associations for you. Some positive, some negative, depending on your unique life experience. At the end of the day, as usual, language really falls short and fails to express the fullness of experiential reality. And so, things like music, things like poetry, things like a deep, loving, and trusting embrace with a friend, a loved one, things like tears, often do a better job speaking to this reality than I can ever speak to you in words. But words is what I got. And so I'm going to do my best to express in words. But maybe, just maybe, after the service, as we're going to spend some time together or running out the door to get away from here as fast as possible, find somebody that you love, find somebody that you trust. Give them a full hug. Hold them tightly. Rest your head on their shoulder And you'll feel something of this refuge that I'm speaking about today. Okay, think we can do that? The Bible deals with this issue of language by piling up an amazingly diverse range of expressions to refer to this same inner reality. Let's look at those today. Some of them. This isn't an exhaustive list. The first letter's being cut off. That's okay. I'll read. Joy is in the Lord. Delight in the fear of the Lord. Pleasures in the presence of the Lord. Gladness in the Lord. Exaltation in the Lord. Desire for the Lord. Tasting the goodness of the Lord. Longing for the word of the Lord. Happiness in keeping the instruction of the Lord. Contentment in the Lord. Treasuring the words of the Lord. Being satisfied in the love of the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? We've piled up a whole Bunch, the Bible has piled up loads of language to express this same inner reality that we're talking about today. So I will try and capture this in a definition for you. And if you don't like it, that's okay. It's just words. Go hug somebody. Okay? <laughs> here's, here's my best shot at Joy. Joy is a good feeling in the soul produced by the Holy Spirit as he helps us see and savor the glory of Christ in the word, 
and in the world. Joy is a good feeling in the soul produced by the Holy Spirit as he helps us see and savor the glory of Christ in the word and in the world. Joy is a stronghold, a refuge, a sanctuary. Similar things can be said about hope. So I thought, what's the difference between joy and hope? Well, hope is an anchor that we have in the promises that are to come. Joy, to me, feels a little bit more like fuel. Okay? It's like the thing that keeps us running in the day today. True love, which we talk about a lot. We talk about love a lot. Love God. Love people. We talk about that a lot, an awful lot, and for good reason. But true love is an outpouring of a life wholly satisfied in God. True love is an outpouring of a life wholly satisfied, delighting, rejoicing in God. As I thought about this, I thought about uh, Nehemiah, Nehemiah 8. And I'll just give you kind of a summary of the story. Israelites are back from Babylon. Life's tough. Shocker. Right? (laughs) Shocking. Fallen world, tough. No kidding. Life's tough. Nehemiah presents them with the word, and they fall on their faces, and they weep. Why are they weeping? They're reflecting on the despicable aspects of how they have failed in their covenant relationship to God. Wow, we stink. They are weeping. They're weeping hard, face down on the ground. What's Nehemiah's response? Weep on, sinner. No. It's not what he says. It's not what God told him to say. Guess what? He says, he does this twice. Get up, eat food, drink wine, rejoice, rejoice. Because joy in the Lord is a stronghold. And as you partake and delight in the Lord, the joy overflows. And what's the outcome? He says, give, give. He says, you're going to eat. You're going to drink and look for the person that doesn't have food or drink. And give them food and drink. Because then what? They can rejoice in the Lord because the Lord is good. Why is the Lord good? He used you to provide. Isn't that cool? Like hope, joy is something that I believe every person desires. Like hope, joy is something I believe every person desires. Deep down, you may know some grinchy people, but deep down, they want joy. Monday of this week, we made some plans with the family. I'm hanging out with my wonderful daughter, Ava, my wonderful wife, Kim, and we talked about what if this Friday we had hot fudge Sundays, right? 
That's something to look forward to. I don't do a lot of sugar myself, but I do love a hot fudge sundae every now and then, and it's been a long, long, long time, many years since I've had a hot fudge sundae. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Let me tell you, I was excited. And, and Ava wanted to watch The Grinch. Great. Let's watch The Grinch and have hot fudge sundaes. Sounds awesome. So Friday came. I've been studying joy all week, and we watched The Grinch and had our hot fudge sundays. What a joyful moment. But as we were watching The Grinch, I couldn't help but notice the fact that, boy, this Grinch guy, what's his problem? Well, his heart's three times too small. That's one problem, right? <laughs> no, what's his problem? This guy's got some deep hurt, right? If you know the story, deep hurt. Deep hurt. And that deep hurt when he sees other people who are, have found treasure and are rejoicing, well, he's got to take that away, right? This stinks. They've got joy. I don't got joy. I got to take that joy away. So what does he do? Goes down to old Whoville, snatches up all the Christmas delights, all the wrappings and everything else, and he's like, this will get them. They're going to be ticked off in the morning just like me every morning. Brings everything back up and, you know, has this interesting interaction, interaction with Cindy Lou Who. Touches his little heart, right? Gets up there. There's a little bit of remorse going on, a little bit of shame, rightfully so. He's got all their gifts sitting in the sleigh out of the yard. <laughs> so then the morning comes, and what happens? Rejoicing. Rejoicing happens. This baffles old Grinchy man. He's completely baffled. Why are they rejoicing? What do they have to rejoice for? I took all their stuff. Their joy wasn't in the stuff. Their joy wasn't in the stuff. Their joy was in relationship. At the worst, at the best, their joy is in Christ. But the joy was bigger than the stuff, right? Grinch hears this joyful stuff going on down there while he's got all their things in the backyard, and his little heart is touched. And it grows three times, which is another amazing miracle. And he realizes what he's been missing all this time is joy. What he's been missing all this time is joy. And so he joins Whoville in their joyous festivities and is changed. Joy is life-changing. Joy is life-changing. Do you live in it? Do you live in it? Christian joy is a command. That's a wild thing, right? Psalm 37, 4 says, delight. In the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. There's a you could preach a sermon on that just by itself, but what the command is there is delight in the Lord. Psalm 32 11, rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing, all you who are upright in heart. Philippians 4 4, another great kid's song, rejoice in the Lord always. And I will say again, rejoice. 
Joy in the Christian life is a command. Delighting in your Savior is a command. Huh, how do we handle that? Well, Jesus tells us a story, right? Matthew 13, 44. He tells us about the guy and the the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his what? Joy. He went and sold all he had and bought that field. This command to delight, to find joy in, to find satisfaction in Jesus isn't hard. It's not a hard thing. If you look around um, at the things that you have, there is nothing that you have as precious as Jesus. We say this a lot, but does it resonate The preciousness of the treasure that you have in a Savior, a God who dearly treasures you. Hmm. We say it a lot. Joy in the Lord is a stronghold, a refuge, a sanctuary, a safe space. Is your delight in the Lord? I can tell you with certainty that your delight in the Lord can grow. I can tell you with certainty. It's certainly true for me. (laughs) But I, I have yet to be a person. I can think of a few people that have amazing delight in the Lord. Some of you know them. Incredible delight in the Lord. And yet... They can still grow in their delight in the Lord. They can still grow in their delight in the Lord. Where is your delight? As you see things in your life that challenge your delight in the Lord, maybe it's time to let some of those things go, or at least take them less delightfully (laughs) than the Lord, right? Yes, last week is Glenn, he was reading us the story of the angels and the shepherds. And the angels in this story, in Luke 2.10, they declare this, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Great joy, no kidding, like the greatest joy And this great joy is the source of unlimited satisfaction and delight. It's the fuel. Jesus talks about this unlimited, the unlimited nature of the satisfaction and delight that you can have in Jesus when he says this in John 6, 35. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? The satisfaction he is promising is limitless. 
Where is our delight? So what do we do? I was thinking about what are the implications of delighting this rich depth of delight in God our Father. What do, we, what do we do with that? What does this refugee of joy that we have in Jesus mean for us? So we have our first step, delight in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice, delight, find joy in, find satisfaction in God. And we're all working on this together. Amen? We're working on this together. So there's, this is kind of step one. And the follow-up step or the element of this that the Holy Spirit empowers us with is, is what, what do we do with this joy that is welling up inside of us because of our delight in the Lord? Well, the Bible says pretty clearly that we are to be joy multipliers by the power of the Spirit. Joy multipliers. 2 Corinthians 1.24. Paul is speaking to the Corinthians and he says that, uh, that, but we work with you for your joy. We work with you. So he's speaking about the laborers who are serving and encouraging and building up the leaders. He's saying we work with you for what? For your joy, the fuel, because it is by faith that you stand firm. So the joy is the fuel that allows our faith incredible firmness. Because if we are delighted in God, what can shake us? You with me? If we're delighted in God, what can shake us? Paul again in Philippians, when talking, this, this, this text boggles my mind. First, Philippians 1. As you're going through, and Paul talks about the fact that to die is gain. That's a delight I don't have yet, folks. That's a delight I do not have yet. But Paul is saying that for him, that all the other things pale so greatly in comparison so greatly, when you take the scale of all the stuff and you take being with the Jesus in his presence, that that busts the whole thing and it's not even close. It's just all gain. It's just all gain. That's wild. I want that for me and I want that for you. So Paul says, there's nothing better. I want to die and go be with Jesus. That's what I want. That's the best gain there is. Unfortunately, I'm stuck here with you, Paul says. <laughs> oh, and he says in Philippians 1.25, I'm convinced of this. I know I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and what? 
joy in the faith. Joy. Paul is convinced that he is to stay with them to multiply their joy in their faith. Paul loved talking about joy. In 2 Corinthians 8, he's talking about the Macedonians. And what's he say in 2 Corinthians 8, 2, he says, they're in the midst of very severe, very, not just severe trial, very severe, excruciating trial. Their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. You have incredible, severe trial, and you have extreme poverty, and in the middle is explosive joy. Because the Macedonians were so satisfied, were delighting in the Lord, and it overflowed in rich generosity. We are to be joy multipliers. Joy multipliers. I want to invite up the worship team. Where is your delight? Where is your joy? Are you experiencing that good feeling in the soul that is produced by the Holy Spirit as he helps you see and savor the glory of Christ in the word and in the world and the people around you? My deep prayer this morning, and Lord willing, as long as God continues to keep me uh, here as your pastor, my deep prayer is that the Spirit would work through me to greatly increase your joy. That he would work through me to greatly increase your joy. That your satisfaction would be directed to Jesus. I pray that my satisfaction would so exemplify that satisfaction and delight in Jesus that it would be contagious. Because I believe with my brother John Piper who has spent his whole life on a mission that people would understand that God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. Lord God, I pray this morning that as you work in and through us, God, as you continue to build us up, Lord, as you continue to grow us together, build relationships and connections, intimacy, trust, transparency. God, that you would be fueling an incredible joy by the power of your spirit deep within us, that it would well up and we would love exceptionally out of a place of complete 
satisfaction, surrender, delight in you. God, let us be a people that is delighting in you. In Jesus' name, amen.